to Expounded Universe, Season 7, Episode 1. It's Nominor. Do, 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 do. It's Nominor. Do, 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 do. The book, Vector Prime, by R.A. Salvatore. The year, 2000, that can't be right. Chapters 1 and 2, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name and the name, that's tacky. I shitted and farted and came. Welcome back to Expounded Universe. It has been... More than a week since we've last said hello. My goodness. We took a vacation. I'm Jeff. That's John. Oh, uh, we didn't take a vacation. We just worked on other things for work. That's true. We are very busy folk. Uh, work, And all we do is make fresh farm podcasts for you. So much of what we do. Mm-hmm. It's weird. You'd think it'd take very little time, but instead it takes a tremendous amount because we have chosen a job where we read multiple books every two weeks every week uh, every week for star wars we read some book and then also we're currently reading other books for other things and then an entire book for something else for something else plus we watch a movie and then we read the novel we have to read the novelization of all the movies that obviously we do. That's, that's how movie mastery works is we watch you know we only watch movies with novelizations yeah and, and it's so, weird that there was a novelization of hard ticket to hawaii but we found it it's a surprisingly short novel <laughs> It's surprisingly robust. Chapter 7, and then her tits came out. <laughs> Chapter 8, her tits are still out. <laughs> uh, it gets really right to the action. Very quick paced is the book. <laughs> Chapter 9, smoking heavy doobies. It's <laughs> a reference for people who only listen to all the shows. All of the shows. So, John, how you doing? I'm so good. You're pretty tired, of, if, 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 if I may be so bold. Eh. As to forward that you fell asleep in my, my room earlier. Eh, well, you know, I'm a tired man. That's true. With a tired plan. <laughs> Panama! <laughs> that plan is to take advantage of my ludicrously oversoft bed before I get rid of it, because it's actually too soft. Yeah, man. Getting on that bed is, it's a danger. You're like, oh, I'm stuck. Yeah, no, it's but it's just too soft. It hurts my neck. So, it's it's gotta go. It's got to. Yeah, that's the last time I accept a gift bed in the mouth <laughs> please accept my gift bed in your mouth there's got to be a better way to say that uh so we have started a brand new book this week heck yeah we have no longer are we languishing in the planet of twilight where very little happens indeed now we are on vector prime and and uh <coughs> excuse me woo uh it's worth noting that this is the second book in the series which i have never read or seen before because uh, I also had never read uh, the zombie one, the 2012 zombie one. This this new Jedi Order is a mystery to me. I have no idea what's going on in here. Wow. Yeah, so so I will not make vague intimations about what's going to happen throughout the course of the book. <laughs> I will not ruin John's reading experience any more than any other person might be able to do. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. you already ruined my reading experience by forcing me to read Star Wars books, so... <laughs> I'm sure that when you think of a movie mastery bonus content you'll find a way to visit the pain back on me <laughs> it'll be like jeff has to watch horrible things and i don't the show 
Jeff is forced to watch me slowly kill him. <laughs> we'll just call it Trip Report, and it'll be me telling you about things you made me watch yeah. while you went and got ice cream. I mean, like, I have this delicious ice cream. What did you do? Uh, I watched 40 minutes of of uh, Springer video cassettes. Yeah. Uh, I hated it so bad. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at you, and I want some ice cream. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, this show's the worst. Ice cream's for closers. <laughs> anyway, uh, this book is going to be set a significant amount of time in the future. If you remember the last time that we visited in with uh, Jaina, when she actually had chapters and thoughts, she was like five or six. Yeah, they I mean, were, she's in they the were last tiny book. little kids. Yeah, she was in the last book, but she was literally a toddler, and she only showed up in one chapter. Yeah. Uh, in the it, Last time we saw her, she was a little kid that, where she was doing She loved anything. her mom very much. She did. She loved her mom very much. Now she is 16. And she, I mean, she's okay with her mom, but I mean, a 16-year-old and her mom... Come on now. There's there's uh, tension. There's, there's there's obviously tension. There's a little bit of tension. Yeah. There, there's there, a lot of sexual tension. There. There's a lot of sexual tension between Leia <laughs> and her daughter. It's uh. it's implied in the text. Have you <laughs> Look, read Vector Prime? I don't think you have. Look, Trust I'm not us. Making it up. I don't want it to be there. But R. A. Salvatore, known sex pervert. Very surprised about the degree to which R. A. Salvatore implied incest in this, <laughs> just in the first chapter because she's not even mentioned in the second one. <laughs> really went hard on it. Uh, anyway, that's not true. None of that was true. Yeah. She's in the second chapter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what actually does happen, John? You want to lead a, dis- a rousing discussion? Well, we're going to start off with uh, a slightly older Leia with a now 16-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the controls of the Jade whatever the fuck that is. Oh, God. That's the first place I was playing to interrupt Saber? you. It's the Jade Saber. Saber. And Jade it's, Saber. It's, it's Mara Jade's ship that Luke got her as a present. Yeah. Uh, Where's Luke getting this money from? Uh, well, he's the... Like, Does the, being a, a weird monk Well, he's... At this point... Well. At this point, he's the dean of a big old prestigious Jedi college. <laughs> I'm pretty sure but, he lives comfortably on that. Do, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I've never read any of the books for this. Do they pay for that, or does he just accept people and be like, you got force powers, come on into my weird training facility? I think facility. the people who pay for it are the the New Republic. The New Republic's like, yeah, we want you to train more people to be weird wizards. Well, yeah. That because, sounds great. They're also, a- you don't work for us, so... Well, no, it's not, he's because he's training them to be good guys, and, you know, it'd be terrible if he accidentally trained one or two of them to be bad guys, if you get my drift. <laughs> Okay, so you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic by saying, I won't turn people into dark side Do you guys. think there's any a chan- even a chance he isn't extorting the New Republic for something? How long has this guy been just taking free spaceships whenever he wants and crashing them on planets and stuff? Oh, yeah. Every, every book. book. Every book is him going like, I need a B-Wing and an A-Wing and don't expect them back. Up yours. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to crash him in an order to spell something out. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you just take your X-Wing, which you also stole from us long ago? No. No, that one's good. I need a new one. I need one I can crash. I need that guy's X-Wing. <laughs> hey. Ugh. Also, I need his leg. <laughs> I mean, I guess being a hero of the Republic can take you pretty far, but it's not like he goes on speaking tours or anything. How is he getting this money? I think he draws a mil- <coughs> like some kind of military sat- salary. Like he's the official 
Jedi of the New Republic or something, and he gets like a docent fee or something. There's got their money's coming from somewhere because Lord knows uh, he buys whatever that stupid temple needs, and apparently he's just rich in free spaceships for his wife who doesn't need him to buy her spaceships. Oh no, but it's the thought that counts. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name in the name that's tacky. <laughs> That's that's too tacky for me. The Mara, the Jade Saber, and that's not even her first ship that has Jade in the name. Like, well, if she named her other ships with that, yeah, then you just know she's the kind of tacky person to do that. Yeah, she's the kind of person that keeps buying little boats and name, giving them her last name. Yeah, like if I were to name a bunch of boats and name them like Aldrich and Famous, <laughs> and if you were to buy one that said Jonathan Taylor Thomas's boat, except not Taylor. <laughs> What? It's Jonathan Thomas's boat? Who's that? <laughs> oh, whoops. I said the wrong thing. You did. I did. You fucked up. I did. I you tried up. to be mean and you <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be mean. I was trying to give you a tacky boat name. It's this is this is how you make your tacky boat name, John. You take the last name of your first teacher whose name you can remember. <laughs> the last name of the first teacher's last name. <laughs> yes, last the last three letters of the first teacher who you can remember's last name. Then I need your social security number. What you do is you take the teacher who had the last name that you can last remember in your last name. So my boat is called the Taylor Taylor. <laughs> uh, mine's going to be called the the Gingrich Aldrich. That's not very Ooh, cool. That sounds real conservative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Gingrich Aldrich sounds like some kind of tariff. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a bill that's going to pass and make nobody happy but yeah. rich people. It's a huge tariff on the Canadians. <laughs> the Gingrich Aldrich. Ugh. So, uh, anyway, good times, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a tacky boat named, or spaceship, named after uh, Mara, but Luke isn't here. It's just Leia, her bodyguards. Uh, well, bodyguard. And, well, yeah, it's only Bul Bulfer. Bulper? Bulper. So, Bulper's here. Because she always has a Nogri with her. Yeah. Like, ever since Thrawn introduced the concept that there are Nogri bodyguards for the Malari Ush, uh, every book has to be like, and there's a Nogri who will die in the first two chapters, so I don't have to constantly mention Nogris. <laughs> I, I was actually kind of uh, weirded out by that. Like, for some reason, I thought this far into the future of these characters it'd be like and i stopped having these nogri bodyguard eventually because why well she doesn't choose to have them they have that same life debt nonsense that poor chewy is saddled with Ugh. where they're like oh you're the daughter of vader and also you freed us from vader we will serve you forever with bodyguards great this but this kid was wasn't even born when you uh took this aside when you saved us from vader but he will worship you like a god and die for you, probably in the first two chapters. Probably. Because otherwise I'll have to keep talking about whatever Bulper's up to. <laughs> also, Bulper is there. Yeah. that's gonna, He'll become the new the new uh, Chewbacca. Yeah. Which, mm. anyway. Mm. So, uh, mm. but Mara's here and Jaina are here and they are flying the ship and bonding as if sisters. Yeah. So we get a little bit of business about Leia like briefly being jealous but then she's like oh it's not that mara's trying to be a new mother figure for jaina they're just friends they're just very good friends they're surprisingly close friends they're just a pair of lifelong bachelors who are good friends ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you history textbooks about anyone gay <laughs> 
Scott Speedman was a lifelong confirmed batchman. Bachelor. Batchman. He was a lifelong confirmed batchman, which I'll tell you who confirmed it. Abraham Lincoln. Hello. <laughs> hey. I'll confirm his batch. <laughs> Uh, also, I'm going to issue it a presidential pardon on his batch because of the things it's about to do. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, the two of them are up at the cockpit of the uh, the shuttle. Jaina apparently has graduated from her early interest in machines all the way up to being a rad pilot. Yeah, I mean, that's just sort of a thing you get when you're got skywalker blood in you is you get to be a rad pilot just baseline well and then jason of course loves animals instead yeah but we don't get to see him jana does machines yeah yeah yeah, jason's cool but rude (laughs) uh and anakin is a party dude (laughs) i wish he was anakin gets kind of boring in this series (laughs) anakin gets boring and then dies i think so story of anakin i I mean only because we've read the wikipedia articles i don't know for sure when or how uh but anyway jana's flying the shuttle and they're on their way to an important spot uh the point between two planets osarian and ramamool ramamool and there's There's a a lot of m's in that ramamool that you would not assume would be there yeah it's it it should be pronounced like Rom-ma-moo-l. Now, they are planets are that are respectively a rich people planet and a poor people mining planet. Yeah, one's got sandy beaches and blue oceans and everyone's super happy. And the other one is a red planet where everyone's dirty and they're miners. <laughs> and a, then they, they, they hate each other for some reason. It's a dirty planet. A bug planet. Yeah. So, the uh, there's a Moncal cruiser uh, at the exact midpoint between the two planets at the moment. Yeah, and the big issue with this is not only are they planets that don't like each other, but they are planets that come very close to each other in their orbits. So, normally, they're sort of, you know, out and about doing their own planetary things and just sort of hating each other from afar, but every, like, decade... They get super close to the point where they could shoot missiles at each other from the surface. I mean, they make a big deal about how the planets are both low tech, like neither of them has spaceships. No, I mean, they they kind of do. The, the Osarians have their own space uh, tech, and the Ramamulians mostly don't have anything because they're poor. I think it's just because they're poor. Like it's they they exist as part of the Star Wars universe and have access to the same technological far-flung wonders as everyone else. But there's a whole thing where 3PO, who by the way is also on the ship, uh is pointing out that oh yes, both of these planets are bizarrely pre-space flight or pre-space travel. They they have very little warp technology at all or light speed technology. I mean, that's that's all Star Trek stuff there, but <laughs> I, yeah, I know. It's not like they're about to violate the Prime Directive. It's just weird that we care so much about the little wars between these two shitty planets. Also, <laughs> it says that they could shoot missiles from the surface at the other one, and that that's bad somehow. Mm-hmm. But I don't think either of them are in the New Republic. Yeah. And it's, I, it's weird that we're getting involved. Is them just being like, hey, we don't have anything to do with you fuck you though yeah it's it's always some planet that's just outside of republic control and then leia goes out there to try to keep the peace or something when and and half the time they just tell her to fuck off and she's like well i can't because it's an adventure which is great because also every book has to start with leia going 
oh, I miss the days when we were at war and I was constantly adventuring and shooting blasters. My life is such a ho-hum, boring life now as a diplomat. I'm like, motherfucker, every year you get into some ridiculous nonsense. Yeah, that kid's been dragged on 16 adventures and she's 16 years old. Yeah. She's gotten more shit done in the, than the Venture Brothers had to do. <laughs> like, okay, so... In this case, it's really weird that they're going out here to stick their nose in. Like, how did they even find out about this? Also, wouldn't only the parts that are directly next to each other be able to shoot at each other? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not like if you're on the other side of the planet from where it's going to pass, you give a shit. Also, one of the two planets disgorges Z-95 headhunters to intercept her spaceship. If they can shoot missiles at each other, couldn't they just have the Z-95s go in and, fl and fly a raid? Yeah, well, they were apparently... Mercenaries. Hired by the Osarians. But if you can hire mercenaries, you can hire more mercenaries and have them shoot missiles at Thama Maramura. I'm sorry, uh, Romamul. Romamul. Romamul from whenever in its orbit that you may care to do. Also, if you've got enough money to hire those, do you have enough money to buy spaceships and have spaceship technology? I Indeed. You could get a dude who knows how to build spaceships on retainer. Yeah, he could build you a spaceship. A missile-firing spaceship, indeed. Indeed, and you could call it the Osarian Missile and then send it out there and blow things up. Crewed by elephants. <laughs> Fifteen elephants, each one doing a different button. <laughs> so, anyway, the, the upshot, though, is that they're on their way to intercept the, uh, the, the Mon Cal cruiser that's kind of waiting for them in the middle of the, the exact midpoint between the two planets. And luckily, the ship is called the mediator so yeah what, what a great ship for this yeah uh as they fly out there they notice that there are rapid intercept course uh ships coming from osarian uh not from ramamul just yeah. osarian is sending out some folk well because leo her plan was to go to ramamul and talk to nominor do 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 the guy who is in charge of ostensibly i guess of ramamul he's like some sort of cult leader that currently has a lot of sway in ramamul yeah he he is basically the leader by cult of personality mm -hmm. and so he has a ridiculous following on that planet and she has a particular skill set for dealing with petty tyrants that operate on small planets because she's done it before yeah I mean, she's done it. That's what that's what uh, our last guy was. <laughs> she has a particular talent at trying to deal with petty tyrants and getting captured, failing hard, goofing around for a long time until she has to fight a hut with a lightsaber. <laughs> Man, that book was so slow and forgettable that I don't even remember the name of the guy she was meeting with. Uh, Seti. Seti Ashgad. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, great, when she's like, oh, well, I have experience in dealing with petty tyrants, and 3PO has to be like, oh, madam, yes, of course you do. I have a full list. Mm -hmm. And he starts rattling off names. And I got to admit, I'm disappointed that none of them are names anyone's ever heard before. Yeah. When she's, Ekektia of Bultharak Pre. And you're like, okay, sure. Sure, why not? Schnivis of the Schnivis Dibbleslibbis. <laughs> okay, thanks, yeah. She, <laughs> I'm the glob gab girl. <laughs> the schwibble dibble you, dibble you think you'd be like, that Ferrario you dealt with that one time. Remember him? Ah, you remember? Hmm? In the books? <laughs> ah, yeah. You do. <laughs> she knows. Who's talking right now? That is that your 3PO? <laughs> yeah. Hi, it's me, 3PO. I, uh, I've been I'm, reprogrammed. I, I'm set on, <laughs> I'm set on Obi-Wan, but I'm not quite good at it. <laughs> nah, man, that one's, 
Let's say the Emperor. Okay. That could have also just been Bulper. Maybe that's what he talks like. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Bulper. You didn't think I'd talk, did you? Here I am, Bulper. Bulper gets a bunch of stuff business in this chapter, I assume, because he is not long for the for the world. Uh, he's just very good at standing still with his arms crossed, so yeah. if you were curious. He's there to be a guard, and he's very good at being a guard. Yeah, so... Anyway, the Intercept turns out to be Rodian pilots flying old-ass C-95s. Yeah. Uh, and they are being, they're mercenaries who are there to escort the ship directly to Osarian because they want to meet with her first. Yeah, because they're afraid that if she meets with Namanor first on Ramamul, then that will lend some sort of legitimacy to him. Do not meet Namanor on Ramamul. <laughs> <laughs> yep it's star wars <laughs> good old star wars yeah they're worried that, that either he'll sway her because he's good at that kind of thing or that, that it'll just be it'll count as them getting the first point if they are the first people to talk to the ambassador so their local leadership is determined that it that it is imperative that they get leia first leia has no intention of going with them her whole plan now is i will just go to the mediator i don't want to yeah this is dumb we're gonna we're gonna go to the ship in the middle and we're gonna do the thing the way we're planning she's like all right you two Punch it. Yeah, so they hit the gas, and sure enough, it's a rollicking chase. A bunch of Z-95s chasing this Jade Saber, which I'm sure is a shuttle of some kind. I'm Uh, sure. It's got twin ion engine drives. Oh, great. So it's a TIE fighter? That's good to know. I don't know. That's what TIE and TIE fighter stands for. (laughs) I, I have no idea. They... They, they don't just they, they mention it a couple times. Yeah. At least they don't mention that it's got a feminine shape to it, like poor Guri and her stinger. <laughs> poor Guri. Yeah. Poor Leia and her Alderon. And yeah, Alderon, Jade Saber, and Stinger. The ships of ladies, all of them have big old prosperous boobs out front. <laughs> big Prospero boobs. Now I might have meant to say prominent there. <laughs> There's a chance that I meant prominent instead. These I said prosper. Boobs are but let's, so prosperous. Let's face it. This is definitely kind of a Fast and the Furious universe where everyone is just rich and they don't mention why or how. Yeah. Like Lay. I mean, Lay. I get because she's like a big deal in yeah. the New Republic. She's like one of the main people in the Republic. You got to assume she's pulling down quite a salary. I, also, I have to assume Mara Jade is still rich because she pretty much lo- uh, looted the Empire on the way out. Yeah. So and also she worked with Talon Card for a long time. Who was like the biggest smuggler in the in the galaxy at this point. Mm. So she's probably she's probably doing all right. I wouldn't be surprised if this spaceship that Luke got for her, he got with her money. <laughs> uh, also, he can't pay your telephone bills. Yeah, that is the only thing that was running through my mind right then. <laughs> I was like, well, she needs to find someone that can pay her automobiles. <laughs> if so, she did, maybe they could chill. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, we also learn a new thing. Right as the fight starts, both the, the women in the front seats go into, into bold action and start doing all kinds of flippy dips and super turns and crazy jump punching it. And the ship they're flying is way better than the Z-95s. Oh, yeah. And the whole point of this is Mara Jade, who's a ridiculously amazing pilot, just goes, all right, Jaina, you do it. Yeah. And so it's all up to Jaina to do things. And we're, we're reading this all from Leia's perspective. So she's like, wow, look at my daughter go. At first, I was a little reticent about this whole letting her fly thing. But <laughs> look at my child. No, not child. Young woman. She's a woman now. Look at the light in her eyes. Oh, I would fuck the shit out of her. <laughs> look at those prosperous breasts. <laughs> oh, man. Salvatore, why'd you put all that in there? I'm uh, kidding. He didn't. He didn't. He really didn't. Uh, 
So they're flying along, doing just fine, but they have a couple of close scrapes where they're like, oh, a ship almost hits us, or a missile they fired almost hits us. But they're doing fine. Oh, yeah. Jane is basically clowning on these fools. Yeah. And the whole point is, they're not trying to shoot them down. They're like, look, we're just going to get away from them, go to the base, and be like, yeah, great, sorry. Yeah. And right away, these guys start firing first warning shots at Leia's ship. They're firing some torpedoes, and they're firing some blaster fire. Just just some lasers out there, and be yeah. like, hey. Hey, come with us, or we'll have to kill you. <laughs> I said across the nose, not up it. <laughs> hey, uh, also, we're Rodians. Yeah, this is our normal Rodian voice. This is our Rodian ducks. Yeah. Hello, I'm a Rodian. Poor, uh, the Rodians, unfortunately, get like a uh, pretty negative description from Leia in a, in a brief... Oh, dumb, spiky-haired, taper-nosed asshole. <laughs> oh, crap. Rodians, I can almost smell them across the vacuum of space. Oh, they're so ugly. I wish they were humans. Hi, I'm Leia. Did you miss my space racism? Uh, I'm a diplomat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a diplomat for humans. (laughs) Yeah, hi. Let's be clear. If this was two planets of Rodians, we wouldn't be here. Princess Lapio, human-human relations. (laughs) Lapio. (laughs) My Lapio hangs low. Anyway, uh, yeah, Jaina is transcendent in her rad pilot abilities when all of a sudden, from the mediator, arrives help in the form of a uh, X-Wing XJ model. Yeah, it's got extra juice. <laughs> it's built for excessive jacking it. <laughs> no, that's the XJI model. Jacking it's, jackin it's one word. Jacking it. Jacking it. Jacking it. Yeah. When else are you going to say jacking? It's, it's jacking it. It's one word. It's a hyphen. It's fine. Uh, so anyway, an F, a, 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 I keep saying F-16XJ because there's an F-16XL and it's stuck in my head. But the So X- the Ford 150XL shows up. <laughs> the X-Wing XL pops up and right away, both the women in the front, so Mara and Jaina, who are both keeping way up on their Jedi training as opposed to Leia, who never really has, go, that's a Jedi. Yeah, because he's doing all sorts of dumb nonsense out there. And then Leia's like, I can't. Why would there be a... Oh, yeah, okay, there's a Jedi. Oh, all hold right. on. Let me actually focus and... Yes, indeed. I forgot that we are the three richest, most badass women in the galaxy, and also we're all Jedis. This ship is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all just keep it in one family, shall we? Mm. All the power and all the money. Yeah, Luke noticed that there was a powerful Jedi out in the galaxy that wasn't named Skywalker, and he fixed that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, he got on that. <laughs> literally yeah uh i mean they, at this point they even have a kid uh ben ben uh ben skywalker kenobi ben skywalker they just went back in time and got a him, young ben they, kenobi they named him ben kenobi they changed his last name yeah and soon when he grows up they're gonna send him back in time to take care of his father i don't think anyone can stop you if you do that right like if you have a kid you can just name him whatever including changing their last name that's gotta be a, that's gotta be a shitty thing to do to a kid <laughs> i i mean <laughs> I guess because you just write it down. I had to do that with Sage. You just write it down on a thing when you're doing the when you're doing the the, the whole birth certificate process. It's like I could have. Yeah, my my kid's name is Dong Chungus. <laughs> Fuck you, kid. <laughs> We're gonna call him Don until he's eighteen and then reveal the truth. Now let the truth be revealed to you. Well, I mean, it's gonna be revealed before then when some teacher is like, uh, Chungus Dong. Is there a Chungus here? <laughs> Oh, my last name was Jones. Nope. Nope. It's your full- so that's your father's name. <laughs> Mr. Jones is my father. Please call me Chungus. It says here your middle name is Gottim. <laughs> <laughs> Gottim. 
Whew. Okay, sorry about all that. So much business. Uh, the X-Wing comes flying through and lo- and uh, blows since- one of those Z-95s right out of space. Right up. And they start fighting with him, too, but he's just shooting them left and right, pulling every cool pilot trick in the book and blowing them all up. Uh, and then Leia notices there's an opening and tells her daughter to just punch it and go to the mediator. Punch it. Punch it. I need you to punch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm Leia Ogita Solo and I need you to punch it. Put the witchetty grub on your cock. <laughs> uh, no, but they just blast off towards the mediator uh, while having a discussion about who that obviously was. Who that was. Turns out that Jedi, because you might be thinking, oh, that's Luke. Luke has come out to fly to their rescue. But you know it isn't pretty quickly because Leia's really mad about them doing this. Well, yeah, because they were trying to get out without any casualties. And this X-Wing just comes out and blows up a Z-95 immediately. And the rest of them are like, oh, shit, they're firing back and hightail it back to Asarian. Yeah, yeah. he gets like at least one more of them before they go and just flies escort on them the rest of the way back in. And as they're making their approach, we learn two more things of importance. First of all, that Jedi is definitely the annoying Worth Skitter. Worth Skitter. Worth Skitter. Skitter! Skitter! I was just doing a superintendent (laughs) Organa Solo. (laughs) I was just uh, stretching my X-Wing on the windowsill. Care to join me? (laughs) Jedi exercise. Why is there smoke coming out of that Z95, Skitter? (laughs) Oh, that's not smoke. That's steam. (laughs) Steam from the steam droidians we're having. Mm, Steam droidians. So anyway, Worth Skitter, who is a known cocksure dickhead of a of a of a jedi pilot that works for the republic yeah uh and she's real mad about that the other thing of importance that we learn is that mara jade is critically ill she is battling some illness that has killed everyone else who contracted except for her and one other person and and the other person is in like critical condition and barely holding on yeah and i'm pretty sure the other person is uh mon mothma Remember how she was sick in the previous book, and they were keeping it a secret? Sure, I think why not? It, I think it's the same. I'm not sure, but... I, I don't f- think it is. You don't? Okay. I don't. Oh, okay. I think Mon Mothma's long dead. Yeah, she's she's long dead of of, of the it. <laughs> of uh, the it. Well, we'll find Pennywise out Pennywise the clown killed Mon Mothma. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Her fault for going back to Maine. Right? Yeah. What did you just, even go there just for? Just stay out of Derry. What are you doing? <laughs> stay out of Derry, Lebowski. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Yeah, she's really pissed off about Worth Skitter, and Mara Jade is dying. Yes, uh, and she's able to essentially use a ton of force energy and meditate and keep the disease at bay, mm-hmm. but it's still making it so that she's kind of fucked up. Yeah, uh, and she's really grumpy about it, too, so you're not supposed to mention that she's sick to her, because she'll get all kinds of snippy with you if you I do. Don't, I don't need to rest. You need to rest. Yeah. I'm yeah. not tired. You're tired. They, they, they make it... Like Leia's description of it is supposed to sound like like uh, Jade is super noble, like she's like oh she doesn't even let the disease define her she resists it at every turn and and refuses to even engage with it at any at any point and I'm like that feels more like she ought to a little bit <laughs> that that feels less like she's nobly continuing and more like she is ignoring a problem yeah it sounds like she's still in the first stage of denial here yeah the f- you know those five <laughs> those stages of, of denial. denial they are denial denial a little more <laughs> not believing it a river discrediting it <laughs> and then saying nah yeah and then ignoring the problem and hoping it goes away 
There's a, yeah, there's actually a whole bunch of stages of grief. Yeah. There's there's 25 of them, and the first five are all just denial. Uh, okay, so so you don't want to poke her about her disease. But they get to the ship, and they get off the ship, or their, their own shuttle, and into the mediator, where they are met by a captain of the Mon Calamari mediator. Yeah, and he is a Mon Cal, and she comes out and is immediately like, why did you send that motherfucker out there? She is angry yeah she's livid she's like okay who put who the fuck put worth skitter out there fighting this is this is ruining all of my shit and, and then the moncal is kind of a sarcastic person like, did you do you think that i have any control over what this jedi asshole does yeah he's like why would you guess i would send him out there he's, he's kind of a, i don't want this guy on my ship let alone in space yeah, so he's like, I didn't do it. It's this dickhead, and and sure enough, Worth Skitter comes popping out, and, and basically, this guy is kind of the cocky asshole. Main, he's the Cyclops of Star Wars, basically, because uh, he pops out. Hey, I risk. Yeah, he gets blinded by Odysseus, and <laughs> that yeah, that's that's what I meant. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, because he co- pops out of his cockpit and comes running over to meet them. He's like, hey, you know, sweeping his perfect hair back. I rescued you, Tooth Gleam, and Leia lays into him it's just like you dumb motherfucker do you know what you just cost me politically i had everything planned out i knew this was gonna happen i knew that we would have to leave because i was planning on them just going back to the planet me escaping i don't mention it so i get political clout with them they don't mention it so they don't piss off the republic and then that takes care of the fact that i'm gonna go to ramamul first and you fucked it up dickweed (laughs) Well, they shot first. Oh, don't you open your mouth to me. <laughs> yeah, because he keeps that. He just keeps saying that. Well, it was self-defense. They shot first. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, just stop I will fuck skin to. you and leave you in a pit of salt. Yeah, he, she is so <laughs> mad at this guy. And eventually he gives up and retreats. Yeah. And at that point, everyone's like, oh, yeah, she'll probably be fine with Nominor. She's. She's ready to go. Yeah, she's super crazy mad and definitely planned up. Speaking of Nominor, it's time to visit the surface of the planet Ramamul. Yeah. Where Nominor is on Ramamul. And right now there's a C9PO unit. Oh, that's six better. Yeah, he's way better than 3PO. Mm-hmm. 9PO is watching as thugs on lizard back. They're like eight-legged spider lizards. They rip a dude out of his land speeder, beat the land speeder with giant maces until it is all crumpled and fucked up, and then push the guy around and are like, hey, man, use your legs. Ride a regular beast instead of using technology, dude. Yeah. So apparently we have some anti-technology zealots on the planet. And right off the bat, you get the sense that they aren't really anti-technology so much as they are happy to be members of a fun gang yeah i mean it's basically anti-technology is a shorthand for anti-people that can afford technology yes so it's oh we get to lash out at those who might have something we don't so the 9PO sees all this happen and just ducks down into an alley. He's like, oh, no. Uh, oh, no, gosh. Oh, uh, no, that's me, 9PO. <laughs> Hello. It turns out when you put six more numbers in me, I'm 9PO. I get extremely elderly and British. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Looks like these ruffians are coming on elephant 
back. <laughs> oh, I've been hiding out here in Tangier for years. <laughs> Don't drink the water. Dysentery. <laughs> I put dysentery in the water. <laughs> Just a little joke. <laughs> so uh, the 9PO tries to hide, but he is unsuccessful. Eventually, after cringing in an alley for a little bit, one of the gangers finds him and is like, I found a 9PO! And they whack his leg and drag him by the arms, and we don't know where they're taking him until we do! Indeed we do, because we then go right to Nominor himself. He is... I mean, we get the reveal right away. He's like, I don't give a fuck about these people. I don't care about this planet. I don't care about this cult. All I like about this is the fact that people are essentially worshipping me and hailing me as a badass and that I have control over people. Everything's going exactly the way I planned it. I just need to take control of all these people and be a dick for a while. And I don't even care where I am. Like, this is great. I love that they all come to me and worship me. That's great, but I don't care about being anti-technology. That's stupid as hell. Yeah, I don't think that part's true, because I think this guy's a secret, one of the bad guys, and, and they don't like metal tech all that much. Why are you saying that like it's speculative? Oh, because it's not, right? He, they more or less confirm it at the end of the next chapter, don't they? <laughs> not more or less. They specifically confirm it. Yeah, but we haven't gotten to the end of the next chapter yet, have we? Yeah, that's why I'm saying don't act like you're like, ooh, who knows? I certainly couldn't. Let's find out what happened. Oh, I was right. What do you know? I mean, what could a brilliant observation happens? <laughs> you're being unnecessarily mean. There was a Oh my goodness. I'm Jeff Aldrich. I know what's going to happen in the book. No. Ooh, you can't see it right now, but I'm also doing ridiculous hand motions. Yeah, to be, he's oh, kind of doing an orangutan me. thing at me. No, that's not an orangutan thing. Kind of is. No, this is mostly flailing and fanning yourself at the same time. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway. I'm so bored <laughs> being right all the time. No, because there was a brief period where I was like, I think this guy's actually one of them there. Uh, Eugene Vaughn's, because I had a whole full chapter of more reading to do before I knew, so I'm just existing in that period between when I finished reading this chapter and before I re finished reading the next. Mm-hmm. 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 Perfectly acceptable excuse. Sure. Yep. Everyone's going to be on my side in this one. You're on the wrong side of history, Spider-Man. Ah. <laughs> uh... Anyway, this dude's definitely Eugene Vong. He's just dressed up as a human and hiding it and enjoying the fact that everyone here worships him. Uh, he is wearing a shiny black cloak and a beetle black helmet, so I guess he's supposed to be doing a little Darth Vader kind of thing. Um, and his whole thing is he's he's doing the old like Roman Emperor thing where he goes out on a balcony and the crowd cheers for him, and then they he tells them not to get addicted to water. <laughs> That's not Roman. <laughs> You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what Rome did. Yeah. They might have told their, their people to, ah, Visigoths, do not become accustomed to water. <laughs> or our stuff. Mm -hmm. Please don't take it. Yeah. <laughs> Please leave our stuff alone, you Visigoths. <laughs> you will become addicted to our stuff and resent its absence. <laughs> uh, uh, it's true. Visigoths that are alive today do kind of miss the Roman Empire. Yeah. They're grumpy about it. So, so grumpy. Anyways, he's up on a big balcony making proclamations about Ruiz Wadawick. And uh, 
he does the signal for, hey, bring forth whatever robot you got and throw him in that pit so you can stone him to death. Yep, and that's what's going to happen. And that poor 9PO unit gets dragged out by some th- by thug dudes, and they all they throw him in a big pit, and he lands on a big heap of already in there droids. Yeah, there's like three other alive droids in there and just a heap of dead ones. Mm-hmm. And then they stone them to death. Which goes for hours, apparently. It takes hours. He, he well, I mean, it's just humans throwing rocks, and these yeah. are metal droids, so yeah. it's going to take a while. So, yeah, Nominor's up there like, ah, fist clench, which is kind of funny because his command to start isn't just a fist clench. He explodes a rock in his hand. Yeah, he has to grab a rock, crush it, and then release so that, like, the dust and particles go out, and they know that's the signal. That's the signal to stone droids. So they throw a bunch of rocks on these droids until they all break and die, and yeah. that's the end of the poor 9PO unit. And gee, I'm gonna miss him. Gee, so we hardly knew ye. Can we can we stop and have a little montage reel of his life? Remember that time, John, when he was hiding in the alley, in the arms and then later he was hiding in the alley and he got caught by that one guy. I always remember how he got hit in the legs with a pipe and then dragged away by the same guy I mentioned. I everything. <laughs> oh, you ruined my bit with this. <laughs> yeah, baby. Fuck your bit. It's my bit oh, now. Oh, God. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> Chapter two. Chapter two begins. Chapter two takes us all the way, way across to the edge of, of the, the galaxy. galaxy. Yeah, we're at the edge of the galaxy. We're at the edge of the empire. I forget the name of the planet, John. I read the book we're two days. We're at ba- Ban- Badonku? Badonkadonku? Balonkadonkus. Baldonkior? Beldorion? We're at the planet Beldorion. Man, I, you really think Beldorion wished he had heard about that. Belkaden. Ah, Beldorion. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. thank you. We're on the planet, Be- the planet Belkadan, uh, and and uh, it's a big foresty planet at the very edge of the known galaxy. Yeah, and... There we have a new character introduced of uh, Danny McKee. Dan- Danny McKee? McQuee? McQuee. Danny McQuee. Danny Quee. So Danny McQuee is uh, a young, sexy redhead. Uh, she's so... No, she's not. She's blonde. Is she blonde? Oh, I'm sorry. A young, blonde, sexy redhead. <laughs> I mean, the problem is the book is very much like yeah, she's super sexy, and she does not care, because she's like, yeah, yeah, great. Okay, you want to have sex with me? I could not give less of a fuck about that. That's every woman in Star Wars. Every single one of them is like, I'm super sexy, but don't talk to me about how sexy I am, because I'm too busy Star Warsing super hard. And it's great, honestly. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Also, it's just Key, not McKee. Oh, okay. So Danny McKee, the, the super sexy blonde Danny redhead. Danny On the planet Bel- Beldorion. Yeah, I'm up to speed, John. We're fine. Yep. I read the book. You definitely did. Mm-hmm. You know, all the spoilers of it. You got the <laughs> cliff notes. It's fine. I just read the Wikipedia entry on the book. <laughs> you caught me. You did but it. Luckily, it was done by chapter. Yeah. No, okay. So Danny Key uh, is looking out at the sunset uh, of the planet Belkadan. And it, she turns out that she's part of the ex-gal force, which uh, sounds like it should be just sexy women crime fighters, but is not. That's what you thought? I, I thought it sounded kind of like a bunch of very proud, like, trans men. No, man. Ex-gal they're, four. They're ex-gals. But no, I can see your, I can see your thing. That sounds too. like an 80s, like, vampy lady. Oh, like, like. like like a trans review show or something? No, it's, it sounds like Charlie's Angels. Oh, we're the ex-gals. Ex-gal 4. Starring Bill Murray as a gal. I But no, I, um, 
So the Exgal Project stands for Extra Galactic. They're basically the SETI of Star Wars. Yes, they are the SETI Ashgad of Star Wars. Yeah, SETI is the SETI of Star Wars. So they're the search for extraterrestrial intelligence of Star Wars. They live on the Outer Rim. Uh, there, a lot of them live on various planets around the Outer Rim. There are at least four of them, because mm-hmm. there are four. Yeah. And they uh, they look at the stars on the, that are out. Look at the other galaxies. They look out into deep space, and they try to detect movement or life to see if there's anything out there past the rim. Yeah. And the whole thing with her right now is she's sort of going over her life choices of... Mm-hmm. What letter to this? And she always wanted to have adventures, and she always felt crowded because she came from a super populated uh, planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, she's from like Coruscant or something. She's from someplace too crowded. Yeah, so every time she even went to other planets, she was like, nah, there's still too many people here. I want to get out onto the edges of the Empire. So sure enough, she moved to an isolated base facility where there are a grand total of five people. Yep. And she's like, did I make the right choice? Because now there's not enough people. This is... Now I'm just sitting here looking into space doing nothing. So it turns out that she is the resident badass of this camp. That uh, she's kind of the one who gets the most work done and has been there the longest and knows the most about how everything Even works. Even though she's just 21. She's only 21 years old. And by God, is she ever sexy. By God, does she have prosperous breasts. They keep talking. The book keeps going on about how she's the sexy one. Like, they even have another sexy one in the... Yeah, in, in the- they have a Twi'lek on base and they're like, oh yeah, everyone would be into this Twi'lek if it wasn't for old Danny Key here. Who's giving her a real run for her money in the sexiness department. Ugh. But yeah, she misses the days back when they were setting up the base camp here because she's like, oh, back then we were just like fighting wild animals and trying to establish camp and it was hard scrabble and we were doing like science by the seat of our pants and now we just sit in a base somewhere and point a satellite dish. Yeah, and play cards all night and drink too much coffee. We we played Dejeric and... Did I, did I make a mistake? If I made a mistake of my life. So she's out there just kind of pondering and looking at the sunset. And she keeps thinking the sunset seems to have changed color in the past couple of months. Seems a little ruddier. A little redder. A little redder and browner around the edges. (laughs) But she's pretty sure that's just... It's got a brown rim there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No ring, though. Uh, and So anyway, uh, standing awkwardly behind her is fellow uh crew person at this at these uh satellite facility yeah yom kippur his name is yeoman car and that's not yeoman like the the military naval rank it's yeoman like yo man yeah yeah it's it's y-o-m-i-n so yeoman car yeoman car is watching her watch the sunset and at first you're like oh this dude's a real big creeper yeah but then it very quickly is like nope he is he's a monster disgusted by humans yeah he can pass for them but he thinks they're disgusting because none of them have like ritual scarification or tattoos they expose so this guy's job is to be the alien who explains how the aliens are super important and awesome by constantly bragging about it in his own head like he just has to come off as like a total douchebag I mean, sure, he's a bad guy who's planning to murder everyone here, but he spends most of his time going like, yeah, I'm the one who has the cool ritual scarred nose and the lips that have received dozens of cuts in the service of my god, not these weak, pimply humans all, always trying to fuck each other. And Even if I did say, yes, she's attractive physically, because I can't deny that, this is a book. Yeah. Even yeah. then, the 
the rituals of these humans are disgusting. Yeah. It, he's, so apparently, the thing we learned from him, for the most part, is that Yuzhan Vong can pass for human. And at first, we're like, oh my gosh, are they just humans that fuck themselves up? Is that what Yuzhan Vong are? But no, it turns out he's wearing a secret mask. Secret mask. So yeah, he stands behind her for a while, kind of watching shit go, and then... And then she's like, hey, you're early to your shift. He's like, yes, I enjoy this kind of work. Uh, so he sits down at his, his like workstation and starts doing satellite stuff. Yeah, there's a bunch of different little pods mm-hmm. that have different quadrants of the sky that they look at. And yeah. uh, he is always the last to leave and the first one in. He's the best employee you could ask for. Yeah, yeah. He, except that he sucks as a companion person, so... So everyone's kind of grumpy at him about that. Like, he never plays cards or hangs out. No, he's just some some guy. He's the newbie, and everyone's like, oh, you've got that, like, newbie excitement about, oh, I'm going to find aliens, and everyone else is like, we've been here for, like, years. It's just boring. Get yeah. over it. The other thing is that uh, the Twi'lek that, li- that works there, and she's just another person who works a pod and looks in space or whatever. Yeah. But she has made no secret of the fact that she would like to bone down hard with this young yeoman. Yeah. She comes in and, like, winks and shakes her ass and is like, hey, drugs. <laughs> yeah, so she has some real spice, uh, which is a Twi'lek spice that's mined on their own home planet. Uh, but she hasn't been sharing it around as much as she used to because she's been running low. It's been a long time since a shipment has come through. Yeah. So there are three other people who show up, including her. Uh, there's, like, two random dudes who work here and her. Uh, and honestly, I don't remember her name, and it doesn't matter. She's just a Twi'lek. <sighs> it's like... Uh- I want to say it's like Tunbu or something. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's Tebow Tunbu. Yeah, Tebow Tunbu. Yeah, so so Tebow Tunbu and, and these two dudes are like, hey, we don't even want to look at look at the stars. <laughs> Man, Tebow Tunbu and the two dudes, <laughs> great band. Almost as good as like Omniphonic Spree or Barometric Pleasure, or any of the number of other bands that we have named on the show over the years. Ugh. This show generates so many bands. I think the first one and one of my favorites still is One Hundred Thousand Bands. <laughs> Uh, it's just a great name for a band so anyway uh yeah she's she's like hey everyone you want to do drugs and like not do our job for the night you want to bone down and get high yeah and he's like no i prefer work yeah except he says it wrong he has a weird problem where he can't quite speak english so good or basic okay so that was the first thing that really was like wait a minute hold on why is this an issue because he shows up and is like oh i've got basically yoda speak where i yeah transpose uh the words in the order they should go in yeah work and joy i enjoy good do and, he, and everyone's looking at him like you're crazy mister and it's like why does he just go no i'm from a planet where everyone talks like that exactly i was like it's not like he couldn't just go oh yeah i'm from whatever the fuck and everyone speaks like a yoda yeah speaks like yoda everyone does mm. <laughs> mm, indeed Mm, indeed so mm. <laughs> yoda you seek yoda ah when 22 years old you reach look as good you will not because i'm a hot yeah so because hot i am yeah so so anyway he gets to work and the rest of them sit around and play dejaric or space chess and carts yep it turns out that he has a secret agenda because this is the night when movement will be detected yeah he is constantly putting his own uh little dish for detection at vector prime otherwise known as quadrant 30 uh which is weird because you think there'd only be four quadrants but no there's 30 nah man each of them are just sweeping a different group of quadrants yeah and so the vector prime is where 
his people are going to enter in, I guess. Yeah, it's where they're going to arrive from their own galaxy. So uh, he's waiting, and he's been doing this for a while. Like I think he's been here for at least a few weeks to a couple months. Yeah, and he does know that night is the night. Oh, does he? Yeah, it's a beautiful night. Uh, I don't think he knows. No, he does. He, he, I, I, he's been in constant contact with his people the whole time. He has a villip. Villip. He's a couple of villips. So, so yeah, he knows. He's all set for it. He's like tingling with Antissa something. So he's all set for it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. I know. Now I'm going to leave it there forever. <laughs> yeah, we will never say it. Nope. I will not say it. You know what? If you want us to say it, go to the $5 level. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. Do it. <laughs> we'll do it. So uh, anyway, he 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 has been watching the sky, specifically watching this one quadrant because he knows this where his people arrive. And sure enough, he sees the movement on the thing, and he's like, "All right, time to like point this in a very different direction." So it takes a long time to sweep back to this view. Yeah, and I'm gonna. Hey, I gotta I gotta go for a walk. Everybody, bye. For a walk, I must go. Mm. Yeah. So he takes a friend. Mm. Oh, shit, I have it set on Skeksis. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta dial my Frank Ozometer to something else. <laughs> uh, so, uh, he he basically is like, I have to go for a walk and stretch my legs. I will return to my work soon. And instead he goes herring off to his own qu- uh, quarters, where he starts revealing all of the secret bioorganic goof nonsense that these people use all the time. Yeah, so he... There's a little ridge around his nose that he just has to, like, tickle a little, and there is an entire, like, full-body skin monster Mm -hmm. that covers him that then, like, peels itself off of him. I'm pretty sure that thing was in the Fiend Folio. Anyway, it's called an Ooglip. I'm pretty sure. I think this is the Ooglip. The, the Ooglip. I'm pretty sure. Isn't that a NSFW comic online? Ooglip? <laughs> I think that might be Ogloth. But no, I, I thought this was the Ooglip. Uh, but yeah, he has basically a full skin suit that peels itself off him and rolls into a ball. Yeah. Uh, it, which reveals his true, beautiful Yuzhan Vong form. <laughs> larger than a human by... by Ooglith. Ooglith, thank you. There we go. Larger than a human by six to ten centimeters. So I guess he was just pretending to be tall. Uh, and also covered in bony ridges and scars and breaks and rips and tears. And we are so muscly, you guys, because we really think that fighting and hurting ourselves is the coolest thing you can do it's the latest in the long list of martial species in star wars yeah at least these ones have their own spaceships they didn't steal them from some idiots who landed on their planet yeah the (laughs) it's also one of those things that's like oh i take pleasure in pain because pain means that i am a warrior so when this skin rips itself off of him and it has to like dig into all of his pores to get onto him he's like oh the exquisite pain oh such delicious pain i mean you think that finding pain delicious and exquisite would actually make you a worse soldier yeah because you like, take oh, like, but you're gonna not want to not be hit you're gonna get hit and be like yes oh i'm so ineffective at combat oh god i have to stand here and oh oh hang on let me tease my tortured nipples while you shoot at me oh god i've 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 got a sucking chest wound, and also I camed in my pants. Oh, I shitted and farted and came. It'd be pretty. Cr- <laughs> It'd be pretty crazy <laughs> if that was how this species actually worked. But no, he's just a 
extraordinarily brag extraordinary braggart and this is a regular thing in star wars books is these people who are like a perfectly normal member of their own species being like i have nothing else to be proud of so i'm ultra proud of what rodians can do and you're like i, I guess maybe i mean i can't like maybe i if guess we live in if, space i was gonna aliens. say if you are in a very human-dominated galaxy. Oh, fair enough, yeah. Then being able to be like, okay, this is what sets me apart from humans, I can see that. Yeah. Because there's no point where any human is like, I'm human, and of course, as a human, and you're like, no, that no one cares. Watch me metabolize starch. <laughs> Just eating Ooh, a I'm potato. I'm going to run for a while and sweat. <laughs> Just eating a potato and being all smug about it. <laughs> no other race can eat starch like I can. Do you want this potato, Bith? I don't think so. It wouldn't fit in your butthole mouth. <laughs> this would ruin your insides, but not me. <laughs> not me. Not the human. <gasps> oh, no. I might have a second potato. Oh, <laughs> potato seller. I need your strongest potatoes. Oh, you just did that to bother your friend, and she won't experience it for like four years. I know. This is a a special secret joke just for you. (laughs) I'm going to battle, and I need your strongest potatoes. My potatoes would kill you. (laughs) Why does he make potatoes that would kill... um, The potion seller sucks. Potion seller... Get your shit together. Yeah, start making weaker potions. Your 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 potions are too good for everybody. That means they're no they're no good. Work harder, potion seller. Potion seller. Work harder, please. This is an intervention. <laughs> please, potion seller, don't hurt them with your potions. So Yeoman goes running out, basically naked except for a loincloth. Oh yeah, get and used like, to that. Parkours all over the jungle. And he's all like, "What if the humans spot me? Well, I'll kill them." Oh, would be a delight to give such a sacrifice to my goddess. Yeah, this guy really lays it on thick. Yeah, he, he runs outside and he has to climb a satellite tower, and and he like allows himself the pleasure of messing up part of the satellite tower. Like he goes up there, and when he's first running up there, he sees the cables, and he's like. Cutting the cables isn't going to really matter because they could fix that easily. I'm going to go up to the top of this tower and kind of mess with it, but it'll also sort of look like maybe the weather did it. Mm -hmm. And then when he climbs back down, he's like, ah, fuck it, and just starts chewing on the cables. Yes, which spark and burn his face. And he's like, yes, pain. Ah, glorious zappity pain. Ooh, my mouth is bleeding. I love it. Yeah, and then he jumps the rest of the way down, and when he lands, he sees a beetle. And he's like, hey, Beetle. Yeah, he's excited. He's like, ah, the Beetles I have seeded the planet with. Soon, Danny will realize why the sunsets are different colors. Man, you're going to need to get another knife for how thick you are laying this on. (laughs) This is like a trowel kind of work. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's laying like he's he's laying it on like a bricklayer. Anyway, he goes rushing back in and puts his skin suit back, but not before pulling a sort of blob out like a football blob with a eye on it yeah he's got like two like fur blob skin thing, basically like two testicles that are just sitting in his closet with a cloth over them mm-hmm. and he's like "Ooh, i would love to use the left one but no protocol i must use the right yeah apparently the left one i'm, I'm pretty sure just calls nominor 
But the right one... No, the right one calls Nominor. Oh, okay. So we're, we are calling... I thought we were calling the guy on the ship, not Nominor. Okay. I had that backwards. Yeah. So he calls Nominor up, and he's like, Yes, everything is going to plan. They're arriving through the Vector Prime gate. I so wish to contact the Procurator or whatever. And, the, and Nominor's like, mm, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, great. Yeah, bye. bye. Click. <laughs> so it turns out that these guys have bioorganic cell phones where if you... There's, the, the ball is a is, twin to another animal like basically quantumly entangled with some other ball somewhere and so if you pet this testicle yeah. then it wakes up and then the other testicle begins to purr and then they have to pet that testicle and then it wakes up and then it flips inside out and looks like the face of whoever you're talking to yeah they're, they're very impressive bioorganic testicles uh, but you know the whole thing where the if you feel the if you touch the one testicle the other testicle feels it that's not that impressive. Uh, I, I I can tell you that right now. Yeah, they have like magic twin powers. So work harder, Yuzhan Vong. Okay, so anyway, uh, he uses his cool villip to communicate with Nominor, and then he's like, "Okay, I have to return to work," and then he like puts his puts his testicles away, puts his testicles away, so we can go back to work, and then he gets a zooglith out, and puts his skin suit back on and it drills into his very skin oh the exquisite agony oh i relish it mm, my safe word is potato <laughs> because i can't metabolize starches like like a, a, a human yes the one thing these humans have it's our weakness we cannot enjoy french fries <laughs> And it's a shame, because it's French fry night at the, the, the common room. <laughs> They're going to bring so many French fries. What luck? There's a French fry caught in my beard. <laughs> uh, so he puts his skin suit back on, and his, the thing we hadn't mentioned yet is a, like ichthyl worm or whatever, which is his language translating earworm. Yeah, so he gets it's a about- new earworm at and puts it in his ear, and it crawls up into his brain meats, and then he has to like poke his ear mm-hmm. just to be like, hey. Let's uh, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so the Yuzhan Vong are a bioorganic species. They don't use machines for anything. They use animals for everything. Yeah, they're like, oh, this little worm can hold so much information. and It, it can d- speak six million forms of communication. And also- it doesn't <laughs> bitch or moan about anything. <laughs> it makes my voice about 4% prissier. <laughs> uh, okay. And that's how he passes for human. Yeah, he sounds like a Ewan McGregor, kind of. <laughs> Like 4% prissier than an average person. <laughs> 4% prissier. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he, he goes kind of... At this point, the chapter's more or less over, but he's he's going to go return to work. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we just found a fucking thing coming through the sky. Oh, he's, right. He's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> are you sure? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yes, we are sure. We, we have it on the sensors. But what if you report it to our superiors and you're wrong? We'll look like fools. Fools. Fully, the damn lot of us. Fully justified fools. And they're like, oh, wait, he might be right. I don't want to look foolish. Well, the whole thing he gives is like, yes, but if, if we report it, then they'll send Republic scientists and maybe some of those Jedi. <laughs> they like, say that like that. What? I'm not sure what you're talking about. I just said Jedi. It would be cool if they sent some Jedi. That'd be neat. We get to see some Jedi. Mm, yeah. Fools. Fools, these mortals be. Get that potato away from me. (laughs) I'm uh, allergic. I'm not hungry right now. (laughs) Hungry for potatoes. (laughs) Wait a minute. You're an alien. Every human is always hungry for potatoes. 
<laughs> poor the poor Twi'lek is like, I am also not hungry for potatoes. <laughs> well, yeah, but no one thinks you would be. You're a Twi'lek. Yeah, come on. Why don't you get to dancing? <laughs> so, I mean, they, he even mentions that normally Twi'lek aren't wearing that much clothing. Like, not this one specifically, but, like, the species of the Twi'lek are, are known for dressing provocatively. And they love the attention. Yeah. Which is a weird intel for him to have as the as a galactic invader, is that uh, that Twi'lek tend to, to be the sex pots of the galaxy. That's just a weird bit of info. Yeah. There's not even that many Twi'leks. But sure, why not? Anyway... Uh, he manages to convince them all that maybe this is something, maybe it isn't, but if we don't tell anyone about it, then we can get all the glory. Yes, we must study it further. And so everyone ends up agreeing with him, and they don't report it. Oh, by the way, throughout this whole chapter, everyone is constantly worried about and thinking about and talking about a type of local animal called a red-crested cougar. I just wanted to put that out there. They're always like, oh, one time we had to shoot a red-crested cougar. I'd like to fight a red-crested cougar. We are both hunters, but now my true form is exposed. Come to me, cougar. Yeah, it just goes on like that, in case you were curious about red-crested cougars. And then the chapter ends with the actual reveal that it was Nominor that he was talking to mm-hmm. because that wasn't revealed beforehand. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like someone could go a whole chapter without knowing about it. <laughs> almost like someone could read this and not think immediately that Nominor was one of these bad guys, which honestly, I was I was kind of thinking that too. It's I kind of figured he was just going to be a local problem that was occurring at the same time as the Eugene Vaughn crisis, because normally these books have two problems. Yeah, it's, I'm dealing with some dumb shit problem, and then a real problem shows up. Yeah, like, because we haven't even seen where Luke is yet, or Han, so they're probably off dealing with, you know, the B-plot, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, you could have a situation where it's, uh, like, Crystal Star, where it's, the first problem is, oh, I've got to talk to these werewolf people. But then, no, the actual problem is my kids got kidnapped. Yeah, Hathrier got your kids. And meanwhile, Luke and Han are off dealing with the big ball of sealing wax that does fucking nothing throughout the entire course of the book. <laughs> feed me your Jedi. Mm, you should feed, feed me, Zaveri. <laughs> so, yeah, the end of the chapter is Nominor closing up his testicle mm-hmm. and being like, yes. I'm a Yuzhan Vogue, and everything goes according to plan. Mm. Soon, soon we will destroy all the potatoes. <laughs> what are you, the British? <laughs> ah, deep cut. That's a very deep cut, leaving nothing but the Irish white knob potato. Truly a filthy potato. We'll leave all of these humans starving. <laughs> so, I will say this. Shit happened. Stuff got done. If this was Planet of Twilight, we would have, by chapter about five, known that Nominor uh, was one of the Yuzhan Vong, and then by about chapter 20, it would be revealed to characters that that's what happened. If this was Planet of Twilight, we wouldn't have even seen Yeoman Carr before chapter 19. Oh, yeah. I mean... And remember, Admiral Dalla doesn't show up until chapter 20 of a 22-chapter book. For a book... That is in Star Wars. This is the first time where like shit is happening immediately. Like instead of just going, ah, I wanted to wait until like two thirds of the book to reveal this guy's a different bad guy. You're like, no, fucking, we're just come on, we got book to do. 
Thank you, Salvatore, for not just dragging ass on this. Probably thank you for the because this is a very laid out. The New Jedi Order is like 19 books long, and someone in the background was writing out what this was going to be and what was going to happen and how there was going to be an overarching story. So, you know, thanks for finally doing that. Is thanks, for, thanks for not just having one-off stories that you give to random writers and being like, hey, give me a story, uh, uh, have it be about this long, and don't change too much. Luke falls in love, but he can't stay with her by the end. Also, you can't blow up his X-Wing go. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll blow up a different wing. Yeah, you can blow up any other kind of wing. So there you go. It's pretty good books uh, so far. So far, the first two chapters aren't terrible. I'm not hating it. I am eager to continue reading at the moment. Like, that's a rare thing in these. I mean, we've got got some real heavy business going on, Mm -hmm. but at least it's moving. Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, Tune in next week for yet more Star Wars exciting action. Thank you so much for listening. John, you want to do some housekeeping stuff? No, I don't want to keep any houses. I want to flip them for profit, and you can too. Come to my seminar. It's a great seminar, and you should attend it. For only $500,000, I'll teach you how to flip homes. That's enough to start 100 bands. 1,000 bands. 100,000 bands. Uh, if, if they cost five credits each, you can start 100,000 bands Heck with that. Heck yeah. I mean, uh, if they're punk bands. I, uh, yeah, you should be able to start punk bands pretty cheap. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you can spend most of that money on rivets and crotch flags, but <laughs> but damn it, it'll be worth it in the end. <sighs> So, anyway, anyway, go to patreon.com slash systemastery and support us at the $2 level to hear even more Star Wars content. We're going to deep dive into Wikipedia to find you stories of relevance to what we just read and talked about, maybe. Uh, it, it, for, we will certainly find something to talk about at the very least. Don't worry, that part always happens. Yeah, that happens. Mm-hmm. Relevance is not guaranteed. Yeah. So, to find that, once again, go to patreon.com slash systemastery and support us at the $2 level. There are other levels available. Feel free to peruse the site and choose a level to your liking. Thank you so much. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Find us all around the internet as System Mastery everywhere that fine goods are sold. Mm-hmm. Except Amazon. We're not there yet. We're working on it. Working them. Thank you so much for listening, and until next week, I've been Elan Sleesbagiano. And my death stick is actually some sort of weird creature? <laughs> and it smokes me? I was going to say, you better not make it a potato, because I don't think that dude's a human. No. No, he's a, he's a sleazebagiano, probably. That's, <laughs> Some that's kind of sleazebagiano. It's his own species. He's yeah. the only, Hello, he's the, I am Jeff Human. <laughs> <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's a bespoke species. That's the hipster thing to do in Star Wars. Uh, you, you design your own species and go We've gone it. way past the end point. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night.